Yeah, let's just let's, let's just dive. Let's dive right in. Head first. You ready? I guess so. But also, if we're not ready, we don't have to be ready. No, I'm ready. Welcome back to We Love That. I'm Kenyon. And I'm Jerome. And this week, you guessed it, we're checking into the White Lotus. Or are we? Uh... I would love to check out, but uh, at least we will be checking it out. Stay tuned. You're my, 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 my lover. <laughs> I was like, where is this headed? And it was to a bad place. It was to a very dark place, actually. You know, I did something bad. Why did it feel so good? <laughs> um, all those my's made me think of my, my, my. By my, 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 right. my, my. And I every night with you. <laughs> Where did she go? Troy? Yeah. I think she's still around. I mean, yeah, but like, where did she go? <laughs> oh, you mean you're not feeling the fantasy no more? I just expected to have felt more at this point mm. in time. But you know, maybe those are just my unrealistic expectations for people. To continue well, producing like on my behalf. Uh, do you feel like you're keeping up? Yeah, I heard something. Um, I think the last thing I heard was Take Yourself Home. It came out like sometime last year. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know what that is. It's like kind of cute. Oh, I have heard of I've heard of it. I haven't heard the song. Take Yourself Home. You know, it's he's whispering. It's, you know, classic. He loves a little whisper. And so does everyone. Billie Eilish. These days. I mean, it's the thing to do. Did you listen to the Billie Eilish album? I haven't. I, okay. Well, maybe if you listen to it, then we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> but I don't think you would like it. I mean, it's not bad. It's just like, well, I honestly thought the same thing that I, did you listen to the new Lord album? No. I think that it's, it's not that the music is bad. It's just like, to me, well, I just feel like it all sounds the same. And it's not that it's bad. It's just like, I don't need to listen to this. With the Billie Eilish, I did feel like the there are, the couple of songs that didn't sound the same had already been released, like, months and months and months ago. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it wasn't giving me a lot. Word. Yeah, I very much feel similarly, as in, I just don't think it's what I want to be listening to. So, like, yeah. why... Not that it's good or bad or anything. It's just like, oh, I think I'm just looking for different things right now. So yeah, I gotta make space for that and and keep moving. Yeah the the Lord of it all. Some of Lord's music hits, and this just like is not what you know. Like Green Light is like, wait, now wait a second, <laughs> wait a second, because that song is good. It's crazy. Word. And that's just not what she 
brought to the table. And more power to her. Yeah. It's her prerogative. And also, I might not listen to it. And more power to you. Power. Have you been listening to anything good? Oh, hi. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a podcast. Uh, thanks. <laughs> um, have you listened to anything good recently? Boop, 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 boop. But let's pull it up. Let's see. Um, oh, okay. There is one song. Okay. That's that's new and, and fun and funky fresh. Most of the other stuff I've been listening to is like just discovering all the lovely music that has been released before this present moment. Okay. Um, but this producer out of the UK, Maths Time Joy. Ooh. Um, teamed up with remember Third Story? <laughs> yeah, they um it was three people. Yes. And they would sing with tight harmonies and maybe play the guitar? Exactly that. Okay, yeah. So I know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> the the one of the singers from Third Story, Rich, who's not the other two singers from Third Story. So I see that should help you eliminate. And what were the other ones' names? Hmm. Okay. So we're no. talking about uh, Brandon. Oh my gosh! Why? Why would you do this to me? No, no, no. We know what their names are. Their names are Alex and Samantha. So we're not talking about either of them. We're talking about Rich. <laughs> I can't believe this to me. But yes, Rich, he did this EP with Maths Time Joy and there's one track off of it, Move, um, that is really doing it for me. It's really I doing love it that. for me. It's like simplicity, sparing production. And I said, that's mm-hmm. what I need. Thank you for providing space. That's what you need. I love that. Yeah. Check it out. What are you up to? What are you listening to? Um, I genuinely, this is not me simping for my friends, though I am always simping for my friends, but I have just been listening to music that my friends have released. That's like songs incredible. from Daphne's album, songs from Sophia's EP, like Shamla's new music. Like that's literally that and Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo are the songs <laughs> that I've been listening to. <laughs> I cannot believe. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. You know, we didn't do a... um, We haven't done a Songs of the Summer episode. You know how I like to to find a Song of the Summer? Absolutely. It's famously what our very first unreleased episode was. It really... Wow. Taking us all the way back to the top. Um, (laughs) This summer has just been, I think, difficult for, for that particular... Yeah. 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 I mean, I still feel like we could do it. I just feel like it's not, it would be songs that like, like we could do the songs that like have been big, which I feel would be like tangentially exciting for me and not exciting for you. Accurate. (laughs) Or we could do the songs that have been big for us, which I just feel there hasn't been any overlap. Maybe maybe that would be surprising. Yeah, maybe we should do our like, you know, our under the radar songs of the summer. <laughs> our bubbling under. One more, please. Um, our under the sea, under the sea, under the sea. Um, well, I guess watch this space for some under 
Watch this space. Something. Thank you. Watch <laughs> this. <space. laughs> all of these, like, I don't know, all of these content phrases, like, watch this space or, like, other ones. Yeah, name one other content phrase. Now, why would you mm-hmm. do that to me? But you mm-hmm. know, there's a category of speech oh, you know item. What, for me, that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, please <laughs> spare me. <laughs> it's it's where we are. Um, but where are you? How are you doing? Um, how am I doing? Uh, you know, it's back to school time. Woo-hoo. Uh, I don't know that I'm ready for that. Like I was thinking today. That when the time changes, that is going to be absolutely horrible. It's going to be so bad. Like, I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) Yeah, well, I hear you on the not readiness. I don't know if schools themselves are really ready. (laughs) Don't say that. Um, Don't don't say that. I guess this is getting us into our moment for the world. Or something. This wild and crazy world. Wait, no, no, no. First thing I have to talk about is this little hurricane. Everyone in New Haven, Connecticut said, oh, it's a hurricane coming. And uh, it's the first time a hurricane has made landfall in uh, Connecticut since uh, in 30 years, they said. That's what they said. That's what they were saying to me. The people were scared. They were running. They were panicking. They were uh, evacuating, which like... I love that they were being safe, but it truly just did not even hit us. To which I say, clown. To which I say, the circus is in town. (laughs) Wow, sidebar. When the circus comes to town was, I think, the very first theatrical production. Actually, that's not true. It was not the first. But it was a very early uh, play that I was in. Uh huh. There's a song. When the circus comes to our town, everybody acts like a clown. It was great. Ooh. And it's this. It seems like it's your song at the moment, so I wanted to just gift that to you. Oh, <laughs> literally, I'm about to sing that song every day of my life. <laughs> yeah. When the circus comes to town, I'm sorry. When the circus comes to our town, this hour, yes, everybody acts like a clown. There it is. And I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but I mean, the hurricane did did make landfall elsewhere and really yeah, cause some Yeah, and I don't want to make light of that, you know? Right. <laughs> At the end of the day, I want to take that seriously. Yeah, when I run for president, no, when I run for governor of Rhode Island, yeah. uh, these comments will age very poorly. Um, well, I would say the world's not looking so hot in your neck of the woods either. Well, or it's extremely hot. <laughs> actually on oh, fire. Oh, yeah, it's actually very hot. Yeah. I keep forgetting. Because everyone was talking about the hurricane. <laughs> I'm worried is not the right word, but I'm like just the natural disaster disillusionment, the yeah. desensitization to like I think it just feels like this happens all the time. Everywhere. Which now. is no good. And it's still, you know, devastating for the people who are experiencing it every time. Um, but I do feel like at some point we're all, I don't know, numbness sets in. We're good at that here. That, that We're good at denial here. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, 
but yes, I mean, also, we've got the fires, which are terrifying. Um, but also this recall mess. No, 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 no. No, not, not the girls trying to recall Mr. Newsom. To recall, recount. Talk about people acting like a clown because the circus is in town. <laughs> right here in River City. <laughs> the capital T. <laughs> Which rhymes T? with Yes, with P. What's the T? Oh, the trouble. No. There's a clown, there's a circus with the capital C. Very good. Which rhymes with C, and that stands for clown. <laughs> Which rhymes with <laughs> Which stands for town. <laughs> when the circus comes to our town. Everybody acts like a clown. <laughs> this Which is must... what they're doing recalling the governor. <laughs> And re-governing the call. How about that? Wow. We're really right there today, aren't we? Um, eh. But it is like this dis- This didn't have to... Like, there are real things to have to have a, you know, a community, a statewide conversation about. This isn't one of them. This, But we're going to spend, mi- like, hundreds of millions of dollars to do it's this recall truly- election? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> the most populous state in the United States... <laughs> that sends a ballot to everyone for every statewide election is saying, let's do one just for fun. Ah, so yeah, that's, that's how we're doing over here. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Well, if you're a California girl or know any, tell them ugh, not to recall the governor. <laughs> um, I think it's, you say no on the first question and don't do anything for the second question. Yeah, there are all kinds of debates. But yes, that is the <laughs> thing to do. This is what the girls are saying. Ooh. Well, I mean, we've started off on a really upbeat, really positive, um, kind of inspirational note today. Mm-hmm, I just exactly. want to commend us for that. Um, and Well, here, here's what we should talk about. Is television. Absolutely. Um, so you were saying you watched... Aquafina's Nora from Queens. Yes, which has been out for, you know, a little bit of time, but I've just been slacking. Um, it's, I thought it was so funny. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I thought it ended kind of weird, but I genuinely thought it was very funny. And just like really creative. Like every show was felt really different and yeah. experimental. And I don't know. It was cool. I agree. I felt like the... um I wasn't even prepared to talk about this, but what were my favorite parts of the show? The one where she's working for the woman. The woman. In, yes, the woman. In real estate. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That is so funny. That episode is so funny. Um, and the, the wigs. Episode, the wigs are so funny. Um, the episode toward the end where Bowen Yang comes in <laughs> and he goes, You should have seen me because I I was screaming laughing at my television. When I, the rest of my family was like, this isn't, I don't get it. Was, they're like, this absolutely isn't funny. <laughs> I feel like when I watched it last year, I like tried to explain that whole episode to you. Like tried to set up the moment to be like the funniest thing in the world happened on this episode <laughs> of television. And you were like, oh yeah, okay. Like that's funny. But like watching it is it's like. so good. It is killer. It is so funny. It also just really nails the 
so you're living at home with your parents vibe of everything, yeah. which currently is my life. And so I felt seen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so fun. I think BD Wong is so good in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the whole thing is very And they've renewed it. There's a whole, there's a second season coming out right now. I know it's airing right now. That's why I thought, that's why I thought you brought it up. I just, I started watching it just kind of on a whim. And then it was like, wait, you mean I get more right away? <laughs> and you. what is it on? It's on you uh, HBO Max is where I watched it. Oh, sick. Yeah, that must be me too. <laughs> Not oh God, when all the streaming watched... platforms just kind of blur together. Literally. Except they don't. It's just HBO Max. That's the only one that matters. <laughs> um, okay, wait. Three things to talk about. First, did you watch The Farewell? No. It's with Aquafina. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. No, um, yes, I did. What am I talking about? Yes, I did. So you're a liar. <laughs> you got me. Um, wasn't that amazing? It really got me. I thought that was... I know. You would love this it movie. Really you should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you telling me that you liked it, me saying, you would really like it, I think. Something's I've, telling me that you would really like that's it. That's a pretty accurate description of our friendship, I think. Okay. <laughs> And we've got uh, <laughs> 63 episodes to prove it. <laughs> that was it would that was beautiful. It was and beautiful touching. Movie. And I'm glad that I watched it with my family too. Sparked some Aww, that is really sweet. discussion for us. Um, okay, that's the first thing I wanted to bring up. The second thing was, oh, I was saying that everything's on HBO Max, but there but Netflix is about to drop this Bob Ross documentary. Slash, maybe it's out already? Okay, we're... I don't know. No, it's not out yet, but it's coming out soon. And it kind of is giving, like, ominous. It's giving, like, the story that they don't want you to hear about Bob Ross. Like, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows and happy trees, mother. That's interesting. Part of me is like, I'm sure it wasn't. And tell me more. And I must watch all of this in Uh one sitting. The other uh-huh. part of me, Netflix and streaming sites in general, especially like Amazon, Amazon and Netflix, have like full on like conspiracy documentaries that are like just misinformation on them. Oh, T. That's T. And like, what are we going to do about that? <laughs> um, Nothing. Oh, okay, great. I just wanted to ask. Thanks for clearing that up. See, I'm kind of like, should I know who owns Netflix? Like... Yes. The thing is, yeah. And also, I don't know who owns Google either. And why are they just getting away with that? Well, you see what I'm saying? <sighs> yes. <laughs> um, I just feel like you, the whole the whole conversation around misinformation, disinformation centers yeah. on the social media. Yeah. And what about these streaming services, especially like Amazon or something where it's like, they kind of have the same argument of like, we can just host stuff, you know, like you sell yeah. ourself, you're a seller of, of a video and you sell it through Amazon to people. And so yeah. it's not our content. It's just stuff that. Yeah. We're just the marketplace. Right. And at the same time, it's like, this is irresponsible. Literally it's irresponsible. <laughs> so not that. So we'll see about mix Bob Ross. We'll see if he actually was evil. <laughs> Excited. I kind of would love that. Imagine if, like, imagine if he's the next Ellen. <laughs> uh, 
I am passing away. Okay. Third thing I was going to say. Here it is. Is that I just watched this Woodstock 99 documentary on HBO. Have I you seen this? I have seen the previews and I just, it looked a little bit too much for me to handle. Because oh, it's giving crazy. It's giving, uh, uh, it's giving, it's all too much. I just. It's giving like, like white men. Right must be stopped <laughs> and instead they're enabled <laughs> which honestly that's the topic of of this whole of this whole show today for me. i guess you're right it is <laughs> um but i was thinking as i was watching it so they're talking about they talk about the original woodstock did you know that people died at woodstock yes but also no as in yes i did know this but i have no framework for that knowledge. I just know that that is the thing that happened. I didn't know that at all. And so part of it is like, part of it is like the, the cultural memory of Woodstock is very selective and is very, which like is reminding me of us talking about that in comparison to Harlem cultural festival. Right. Um, but that it's just like a very selective memory of what that was. And then Woodstock 99 just is this, like, perversion of that. Mm. It's, like, crazy. I remember from the previews, like, people were rolling around in, like, like, feces? Yes. Okay, just, I didn't want to say it and then, like, be wrong, but... Kenyon, yes. (laughs) Because it sounds wrong. Because it is wrong. Because it is wrong. (laughs) It is wrong. Is what it is. Oh, no. So, uh, I actually, I don't know that I would recommend watching it. No, I would. Like, it was good. It was good. And it didn't feel like, I didn't leave, like, something like, remember when everyone watched Tiger King? Yes. Not I. And it was like, you didn't? No. Oh, thank God. It's, like, watching Tiger King felt like, oh, I really wish I hadn't watched that. (laughs) Like, that's how I felt. Yeah. Watching this one was, like, tough to watch in many moments, but, like, it was, like, I did feel like I learned something about white people. I will say that it addresses, like, a lot of, like, sexual assault allegations. Mm. That Not allegations, I guess, is what they call it. But it addresses a lot of sexual assault that occurred at Woodstock 99. Um. Which is giving, well, there's nothing else I can say. (laughs) Well, I feel like what you did say really provided an interesting segue to talk about what we're talking about today. Which is yet another show on HBO Max. (laughs) When are we getting paid? Don't even, don't even start with me. giving them all this free promo. I know. Um... But you you talked about streaming. You talked about selective memory of whiteness. You talked about the, so many things just now, and I think we'll continue talking about those things, maybe. Um, with the White Lotus, the name on really everybody's lips right now. It's getting five stars reviews. Just Lotus, just every which aware. Okay, so spoilers for the White Lotus. Oh yes, yes, yes. Because we've watched the whole thing. It's all on HBO Max. It's six episodes. Watch the White Lotus. Okay, great. 
what, where to start? Let's start at the very beginning. That's a very, that's a pretty good place. Actually, yeah, I love that place. <laughs> Have you been to the beginning before? Please cut me off, Tommy. Um, I, okay. Overall, overall arc of the show. First four episodes for me are giving, it's growing more and more and more unhinged. When I was telling you to watch it, it was after I'd watched the first four episodes. Mm. The final two hadn't come out yet. And I was like, oh, like, I'm watching this show. Like, I'm really enjoying it. It's very unhinged. Like, it's very ridiculous. But I was like, I don't know if you should watch it because I'm like, if things continue to get unhinged at the same rate (laughs) in each episode, I was like, I don't know what this what this season is about to end with. Like, right, right. I I simply can't recommend that you dive in because what if it all goes in truly an unhinged way? But then in episode five, episode five turned me out. Mm. I thought episode five was amazing, fantastic, everything. It was giving me everything that I needed. Um, But then I did not like the finale. Work. Why didn't you... What what did you what did it set up for you? What taste did it leave in your mouth? I, I want your experience. So I like that it is, and there's been all this talk of online of like, is it actually a satire of whiteness? Is it actually a critique or blah blah blah? Whatever. I don't really care about that. Like I thought that the <laughs> work. Well, I kind of do, and I guess we'll come back to that. I just thought that it was like these caricatures were so funny and so uncomfortable but also like real like like yeah. all of these people are extremely real people um and so i liked that uh i thought the things that they were saying were so funny when the, the first of all when the guy shane when shane is flirting with the two girls in front of his wife is giving literally finish him but then (laughs) (laughs) when they say we have stylists who pick our clothes and book stylists who pick (laughs) our books that was so funny (laughs) (laughs) that was so funny i really laughed out loud so many times yeah but i don't know if it was like the cathartic like hearty you know belly laughter or the like oh my gosh can you believe that yeah, we are this there way. were many moments of like, <laughs> I cannot believe that this is happening on the screen in front of me. When the dad is talking about, well, almost any moment that the dad is talking. Really? <laughs> Just was, it was, give, it was like giving too much. It was like, I simply can't with this. I cannot with this. I think more than any other show that I've ever watched, though, I had, I was like, I know that person. I know... <laughs> Like I was, it was bringing my real life into question in like yeah. a different, to a different degree than, and bringing myself into question, honestly, to a different degree than other things that I've watched. Um, yeah. But I definitely felt like it left a lot to be desired. Like Okay, so, so <laughs> here's my thing. In the beginning, it's like, okay, it's giving unhinged, ridiculous, too much. In a way that, like, I was enjoying watching, like, in a, like, almost like a like a car wreck of a show. But not that it was bad. It, just in, like, car wreck of characters, right? right. Like, the deep satire. Morbid of, curiosity, right? Of it all. Um, 
But then the thing about episode five is that I felt like episode five was when it all flipped. As in all the ways that like the characters, like these ultra privileged white characters had fucked up that everything had like flipped around such that the consequences of their fuck ups were other people and the, the benefactors were themselves. Right. So like the fact that like it is that the dad so angers the mom or just like makes her so upset, Connie Britton so upset that she like goes back to, she doesn't go on the boat, she goes back. And that that's what, that like, that is the only reason that she get, get the, the guy gets caught, mm-hmm. Kai, Kai, that yeah. Kai gets caught. Um, and then the moment of the dad and Kai fighting, like makes them like fall in love again, like gets them feeling romantic. She's like, oh, you're so strong. Like that was so impressive. Like just the way that that like flipped around, like when the thing that made that happen was that the dad was totally like disrespecting Connie Britton and like spilling, like spilling her shit in front of their kid. Like, mm-hmm. But then somehow that all gets flipped around such that they're, like, having this lovely romantic night. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that happens with every character. I mean, the the characters that are major characters are these rich white people who go on vacation to Hawaii. And this tracks their, the ups and downs of their of their vacation. And even though right. someone at the end of it ends up dead... Like, it feels like, in some ways, it, it like their character arcs within the story feel like it's like everyone ends on a kind of an up note. It's like, you know, yeah. this this couple who just got got married, who Shane, who's the husband, is a, truly a man baby. Like, <laughs> their marriage, even though at points it's like you're this is not going to last. Somehow, it, they stay together at the end. somehow like it's like what is happening i was listening to someone who was like like "Mm, it's actually not surprising that rachel saves the shane because she had just married him two weeks before (laughs) it's like she's just following up on the same decision she had already made that's really real and i think i mean that's honestly a point about the show it like just it's not like out here offering <laughs> offering change, offering possibility. Right. It's kind of holding up a funny mirror to some problems and being like, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is that in the end, in the final episode, like, I don't want to say that literally nothing happens. Like, Armand dies. Like, that is the thing that happens. But, like, kind of nothing happened. Like, I just felt like it didn't finish it all. Like, like... Episode five felt like everything got twisted around. And it's like, how did it, like, how have these people somehow remained on top? But then in the final episode, like, it was giving nothing. Like, lit- like nothing happened. Yeah. It, it, I feel like it just fell flat. I, I realized at the end that I had, I had just been misreading the show <laughs> hmm. for and and wanted it to be so much more than it it is and i think that kind of like i i don't know i heard you say some of this when you're like 
how does it follow through on the white supremacist kind of yeah. of it all? And it's like, do I really even care about that now? Because actually, clearly, that's not what it was trying to do. But right, it gets all. to say, it gets to offer the chance to us, the audience, like we are dealing with some of these things. Yeah. Like it offers like, like we're being critical through satire, but actually at the end of the day, we're not, but it, feel, it felt like we were. And I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I think, I, I, I honestly think it's still a, a, a great show, but I don't know if, I just am like, I have less faith in, in the audience for like doing, exactly. taking the, like really engaging with it. Yeah. In the end, it felt like the point was <laughs> white people are crazy. Ha ha ha. Like, <laughs> but it's like, wait, weren't we just talking about colonialism? <laughs> Literally. And then, of course, like, the fact that this was filmed in Hawaii during a pandemic is like, mm, but so you all clearly didn't get the point. Right. Or, like, you got the point enough to know that, like, oh, we can, like, talk... I don't know. I don't want to specifically say like, oh, we're going to get clout for talking about it. like it did genuinely feel like. Like when they're having the conversation with the dad at breakfast and the dad is like, what are we going to do? Give up our privilege? Nobody's going to do that. Like that genuinely was like. LOL, LOL. Not like I was laughing. It just was like. Yeah, this is what people are like. Like it yeah. did illuminate a lot of those things. But in the end, it just didn't it didn't do anything with them, which I think is only to be expected when the show itself clearly didn't really engage with that. Right. Absolutely. And I mean it, that all the main actors are, you know, white people, that the the actors of color are like the characters are of color are all incidental. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. And like you were saying, in the production of the show, it reproduces all the all of these same dynamics. It's like, right. you know, it's one guy, Mike White, who conceives of, writes all of the shows, directs all of the shows himself. Yeah. So that could have been a writer's room full of many people. That could have been opportunities for many directors. Maybe yeah. not white people, possibly. But no. <laughs> and then re reproduces this, like, kind of colonial dynamic of let's just go to this place during a pandemic when Hawaii's actually asked people not to come to not bring right. disease. We're going to go here and we're going to like do this satire, but is it a, is it, it felt like a, it was satirizing itself unsuccessfully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it, it didn't actually, it didn't actually dig in enough to, to be a satire. Yeah. So that felt disappointing in the end. Uh, yeah, I really caught myself, like I was saying earlier, misreading the show for what it was. The ending moment where, um, you know, Rachel, who's married to Shane, has been contemplating getting a divorce after they've just gotten married. And there are these outbursts of Shane's after Rachel's like, I think I've made a mistake, where yeah. you see him be violent. You know, he like pounds on the table. He like brandishes this knife. He kills someone. And yes, at the end, he kills someone. Um, and Which, I'm sorry. He can kill someone and just leave the next day and just fly off the island. What? Like, that was... 
my my reading of that whole thing was like, oh my gosh, here's this woman who does not come from you know means as much means as as her new husband, and yeah, you know sees him rightfully as a violent man baby who just killed someone and if he's he threatens her you know when she's like i'm gonna basically divorce you and he's like don't start down this dark path (laughs) it's like well if you take him for what he is then maybe you'd be like really terrified maybe at the end of the day it's like oh maybe i'm like not trying to be hurt like not put my life in danger by actually going through with this this divorce. And that's how I read the end when she's like, Whoa. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy in this marriage. I was like, oh my gosh, you don't see a way out. But Whoa. then, but then I, <laughs> you know, HBO tries to, it tries to be cute or whatever. And they, you know, offer the like inside this episode at the end of the thing. Okay. And both Rachel well, the actress who plays Rachel um, and the director and conceiver creator, Mike White, are like, no, yeah, she just kind of like doesn't have any courage and just kind of like, it was like, oh, wait, so you mean it wasn't because of what I thought it was about? You mean, it just felt like I was giving, I was putting so much more like good, not good faith, but like, I was like, oh, you're engaging but they weren't, <laughs> but they made yeah. me think that they were, which is like, that feels like the trick of whiteness right now of yeah. like, we're gonna, you know, make this a holiday and rename the street. And actually we want you to give up your privilege. We want you to get some other writers in the room. We want you to just tell a different story and you, you'll do anything but that. You'll do anything but yeah. what was actually asked of you. <laughs> yeah. No, but that that's my thing is that I don't even think like my thing is that I don't I don't even think that they're thinking that deep about it, you know, like right. Like <laughs> to me, I don't think that Mike White was like, "Oh, I'm going to like make this show that's like a satire or like that's an incisive critique on blah blah blah." I think that he was like, "Oh yeah, like what what are characters that would be funny right now? Like if I'm writing about uh, rich people at a resort like oh wouldn't it be funny if like the parents are uh, like boomers and uh, ceos or whatever and the kids are like woke and then that's the dynamic right but like i don't think it actually was to dunk on the on people who think like the parents because i think that there probably were just as many moments that People like the parents would think, oh, like they just dunked on the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, I don't even think it's that, <laughs> I don't even think that it's that deep, which is why like I kind of came in, I feel like the audience is is coming in meant to like feel sympathy for Rachel and meant to kind of identify with Rachel. But then in the end, it's like Rachel's just clowning around. Literally. She's just giving clown so it's like in the end it was like okay well this all was foolish like there was nothing really there okay let's talk about paula um i had a real roller coaster with myself watching paula Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah it was just i think that's the character i most emotionally connected with 
I was going to say that I kind of came in thinking, okay, Rachel is like, just because you kind of in the very beginning are like, oh no, like, is Rachel going to die? But then like Paula becomes the one who's like on the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Continue. And yeah, and it's up being kind of like a stand-in for the audience in that way of like, here's the, here's like the one person on the inside who is still on the outside of this whole right. thing. Um, I, oof, wow. I mean, I, yeah, I just found myself like rooting for Paula and then being like, being upset and like, hurt, not hurt, but like being like, oh no, like, why'd you do that? Like, I, I, I was emotionally most on the Paula train. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the end, it was like, that's a, like, that's a lonely, isolating storyline that has no, that has, like, no redemptive connection in it for Paula. It was like, oh, so we're going to watch, we're going to watch all the white people be rich and cause problems for everyone else and, you know, be fine. And for, and Paula's just kind of like, Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> well, nothing happens. Um, <laughs> the thing that I like about Paula is that it does make me think about like, well, it's it's giving theory and praxis, right? Mm. It's like, okay, you can sit here and, uh, and identify with these ideals and these things that you want to happen. But then like what happens when you actually are talking to someone with those material circumstances that like you want to change. Um, and I think that like the, we get to see through Paula and Olivia, the two different like reactions to that, right. That like that Olivia talks a big game, but never really follows through in any way. Right. Um, which I think is prefaced by like, her the backstory of her like stealing guys from Paula or whatever like and and just that like you know she has this brown friend like this very racially ambiguous friend that she like brings along on her family vacation um whereas Paula is like the one who actually tries to do something and is flopping around truly um yeah, and the, the thing the when Paula and Olivia get into the fight, and Olivia goes into her mom's room and hugs her mom. I'm so glad you brought this up. Yes, it's like, well, because you can say whatever you want, but like, this is where you have allied yourself, right? right. Like, you're you can say whatever you want, but you're here in Hawaii on your mother's money, and you can say whatever you want about how she made the money. And you can say whatever you want about, like, being in Hawaii or whatever, but, like, here you are. Absolutely. Like, you're doing it. Then, I mean, Paula is like, oh, you know, she says to Kai, like, oh, like, those are her people. Like, I can't trust her. Like, those are her people. When in the end, it's like, Paula, you're sitting there at dinner talking about, ooh, like, I can't believe that they have to sit, They th- those Hawaiian people have to dance for the white people. It's like... Miss Thing, they're dancing for you too. Here you are. Like, it's like, at the end of the day, those are the people that you're allied with. 
Yeah. Mm. There's a there's a there's a that moment of the hug uh, yeah. between Olivia and her mom. There's like a parallel moment after that when Olivia tries to comfort Paula. Yeah. And it just made it so hollow to see to have mm. seen Olivia like run to her mom for comfort and then to turn and hug Paula who's not hugging her back and like the, like there's there's no real care there there's just the performance of of care and it's like wow mm. that's what what everyone's doing it's the the hip new thing it's just to kind of these empty hollow gestures yeah. which ends up unfortunately being Paula's thing is this also kind of empty yeah. gesture to Kai of like, you know, I'm going to help you get this money back so you can, you know, live more comfortably. And that doesn't, that doesn't happen. And I don't, I found myself like <laughs> starting to get angry at Paula, but then it was like, no, she was written this way. Gee. You know, by people who like, the only options presented in the storyline are like either, you know, you you interact with this this system of privilege and you die. That's, you know, our dead body at the end. Or you yeah. run away. That's the the son who, you know, hops on the boat and and travels yeah. off into the sunset being literally dead weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, literally. <laughs> or you or you're Paula and it's like you have to make unbelievable compromises that just like make your make everything gestural and not actually substantial make all your actions mm. it's like you, there was no offer of hope of possibility of anything different than what is it was just like a really ugly mirror to look into that now a bunch of people on social media are like this is so insightful <laughs> <laughs> well my th- i my thing with paula i think i am a little critical of paula but only insofar as, like, being critical of myself, right? Like, mm. as a black person who, like, inhabits all of these very privileged white spaces and loves to talk about, like, oh, like, tear it down, tear it down, tear it down. But it's like, what am I doing about that? Right. Benefiting. Um. So I think there is, like, I don't know. I did find myself being, like, Paula... Flop. Like, Paula, you are, like, when you are thinking about engaging in this way, like, it is all well and good for you to say and to recommend and to do whatever, but, like, look at what you've done. Yeah. Like, look at what you have done now to Kai, which, again, (laughs) Mike White has no interest in showing us. Disappeared from the screen after his five minutes. Um... And he looked good as hell, too. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I hate to watch him disappear from the show, <laughs> but I love to watch him leave. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> That's what he said to Kai. That's what they said to the actor. <laughs> they said, Get out. I cannot. Um, yeah, in the end, it just was like, like, yeah, so the the Paula storyline, like, did make me think about, like, okay, well, <laughs> who's hugging you at the end of the day? Real. Jerome. Real. And whose hugs are you accepting, even though you know they're fake? And when are you protecting yourself? 
instead of protecting the people that you claim to protect. Like, I did get a lot out of that. Certainly the show held zero answers for me, but work. (laughs) Which, on one hand, it's like, yeah, absolutely, ask all the questions. Don't, you know, we're not here to give answers. We're here to ask questions and have people engage. Which it sounds like what, you know, what you're doing. Um, Which I... I also felt similarly of like, okay, well, if if Paul is my stand-in, then what's what's going on here? What's being said about where I am in my positionality? Um, Yeah. The thing is, like, I don't need like critique as a weapon to just do. I need critique as a as a door. Yeah, and absolutely. I I just I. I might have literally already said this, but it's like it, it just feels like it performs this whole like we are critical without actually being in movement towards anything else. And that's just like an, I don't know. That just doesn't like, does this do anything or is this just not doing anything (laughs) on purpose? Yeah. I totally agree that it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, the, the parents say shitty stuff. Yeah. Jennifer Coolidge's character should have helped Belinda and she did it. You know, it's like, but we knew all that. Like, that isn't laying anything new for us <laughs> right. to consider. And it's like, if you're watching this show and you didn't previously think that this stuff was bad, like, you know, like, if it genuinely is like opening your eyes to like a critique that you did not have before, like, uh, I don't know what to tell. <laughs> like, we're just in different. For sure, for sure. We're breathing different air. (laughs) Yeah. There is something, to the show's credit, I think that that it it brings everything so close together that connections are illuminated, I think, much more than like, Mm. it's like, you know, I I could look all around the world and be like, well, there's a, a man baby just, you know, being ridiculous. But to see the connection between Shane, the man baby character, and all the other things. Yeah. So, um, so, so concisely. Yeah. Um, where it's like, no, all of this is operating systemically. There's no, there's no getting around the fact that this is the way that the system is designed, that the, the right. space has been architected so such that the characters inhabit it in this way. Um, right. That I feel like is is a real credit to the show. Yeah, I I mean, all that being said, all of all of our critique of the show being said, I am excited for season two. <laughs> I they already got renewed. Already got renewed. Where where would you like to see season two of White Lotus? Oh man, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I need them to. Do something interesting. <laughs> I just like it can't just be the same, same because this was already the same as, as you like we've been, we've right. been saying. Um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe like maybe a vacation spot that is within the contiguous U.S. Oh, I was thinking like, I guess this could. So I was gonna say like in the Alps. Oh. But I guess like like Aspen or something. Like I would love to see something winter. Okay. Where? Um but yeah, something that's not like 
Like I, I felt like they just didn't follow through on the colonial moment. And so I don't want to see them try to do it again. <laughs> I want to see them try to engage with something else. <laughs> yeah. Very that. Very that. Did you get the, uh, the like Lotus Eaters thing? No. Remind me what that is. And so my favorite character might actually have been Armand. Armand. Um, because well, he was ridiculous. <laughs> well, he was doing too much for me. I think that's why I, I, he like just transcended even the absurdity of the show where I was like, great, amazing, sure. I'll take all of it. <laughs> Everything that you're selling, I'll buy. Um, but he has this moment somewhere in the fifth or sixth episode where he just like starts saying this poem and I'm like, huh? Hmm. What? But apparently it's like a, it's a poem about lotus eaters and it's a whole like, there's a whole white lotus conceit going on that I just really just flew over my head. Oh, no, I think I'm vaguely remembering this. I think this is episode five. And I think that's giving the thing that I was talking about, which is like, you know, that the people who are doing the damage are the ones reaping the benefit. Mm. Mm. Who would you want to see in the cast of the next season? All new characters. Um, uh, who wants to see in the cast of the next season of The White Lotus? Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yes. That's who I want to see. What about you? Um, oh, who's that actor? He's really hot right now. He's in Lovecraft and also in um, Loki. Absolutely, Jonathan Majors. Mm. I would love to see Jonathan Majors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like have it be a non-white character that actually gets some airtime. <laughs> I mean, truly, any black characters would be nice. I guess we had Belinda. Now, oh. the actress playing Belinda served the house. Absolutely. Down. We didn't really even talk about that at all. I mean, it's... Because that honestly was the part of it that was the least... It was like, okay, well, we know what's going to happen. And in real life, this woman would not have trusted this woman. So... Extremely predictable. Extremely predictable. Okay. This is... I have so many thoughts about this, but we're just going to do it as a binary. Um, <laughs> the music for the show had kind of like two distinct flavors. Okay. <laughs> One was the kind of like exotic, non-word non, um, non vocal thing. Uh-huh. And the other one was like Hawaiian choral music interpretations. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> what say you? Pick and choose. So this... So this is another example, I think, of the show truly not engaging with, like, with living colonialism. Um, I will say the choral arrangement was for me. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it was gorgeous. It was, I mean, it was gorgeous. It sounded great. Um, but yeah, the, mm, no, 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 no. And the drumming, no, 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 no. Okay, now you. You have to pick. I'm actually on the other side. I'm with the <gasps> I'm with the percussive sounds. Ooh, ooh. Um, I mean, I think I think both kind of modes that the music operates in are deeply, <laughs> deeply missing any mark that I would like. <laughs> um, but it was interesting. It was new sounding. It was like it definitely called attention to itself in a way that. 
It definitely called attention <laughs> to itself. I will agree with you on that. And I know that you're not really supposed to say that as a compliment about, you know, music put and to I film. And I would say it's not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> to be clear. Um, but I'm going with it nonetheless, yet and still, however. <laughs> wow. Well, we've done it again. As always. There's you want scathing social critique? Don't go to White Lotus. Come to us. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm really excited for next week. <laughs> I would say I'm also excited for next week. And hmm. if you want to find out what we're excited for, I would just say watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> we love that you love we love that. This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him with music by Sophia Campomore and art by Griffin Keller. Drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Bye. That was great. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Literally, what a relic. Tune, like you have to tune the dial. Tune your... Tune, don't, and don't touch that dial. Lit, litter, like, what are we saying anymore? It's giving analog. Ugh. Life is analog. Well, not anymore. It's giving, um, oh, there's a word. It's giving skeuomorphism. <laughs> Ten points to Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> For the spelling bee word of the day. For Miss Scrabble... Win it all over there, skewomorphism. It's giving skewomorphism. <laughs>